0: You're listening to another episode of The Zag, continuing on our quest and conversations to talk to people outside of Los Angeles. Alante Whitmore is here today, an NLC alum from not in sunny California. We'll hear all about the things she's doing in her neck of the woods and hear about her own uh, experiences in podcasting world. So let's get to it. All right, Alante, where in the world are you today, actually?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, first, I just want to thank you for having me. Um, I'm really excited to be on the Zag. Um, I am currently living in Pittsburgh by way of Detroit.
0: Yeah. So uh, Pittsburgh, I hadn't been there until the retreat this summer for NLC. Interesting place. What are your thoughts and reflections on Pittsburgh so far? How long have you been there?
1: Well, I've only been here six months. Like I've just <laughs> missed uh, the um, NLC um conference, but I've been studying (laughs) because I'm a PhD student. So, I haven't spent as much time in Pittsburgh as I would like to have like a full opinion on it. So, I'm hoping the summer I'll get to experience it more.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like I said, definitely enjoyed the experience and Detroit as well. uh, It's one of the more interesting cities, obviously, in the country. I feel like Detroit, New Orleans, people have a lot of perceptions, I read a lot about it. What are your uh, most frequent misperceptions you're trying to dispel people about when it comes to to talking to people about Detroit?
1: Right. Um, I think that whatever people were saying about it, I'd say like, two or three years ago. And kind of like this place of devastation, like that is just not, one, it's not a Detroit I grew up in. um, So I just see it so differently. And it's certainly not that way anymore. I definitely think it's a city on the rise. Um, I spent three years there before I moved here. And so I really felt like I got a good grasp on like how Detroit was um, making strides and There are some good intentions there, some things like, you know, like any city isn't perfect, but definitely like one of my favorite places. And I'm happy I got to spend some time there as a young professional.
0: Yeah. And I'm always excited to talk to people who actually have a podcast as well, because it's been a bit of an adventure getting the zag off the ground, but we've enjoyed doing it. We've enjoyed the conversations. Uh, Tell me a little bit about the backstory of how your podcast came to be.
1: Sure. So, um, I'm addicted to podcasts. Like (laughs) that is my kind of go-to for, you know, riding, taking the bus, um, cleaning up the house. And so I am, like I said, I'm a a PhD student at Carnegie Mellon and I really wanted to just share my experience, um, as an African-American woman in engineering, I'm like the only um, person, my program, and so kind of dealing with that experience and just kind of just wanting a place to share it, but like also not having time to blog and I don't really like writing. But I was like, oh, I love podcasts, and I really want to share this information and share my experience as I'm going through it. So you know, what I'm just gonna try it out. And so I created um Black in in grad school, and I've been doing it for about six months. And so every week I kind of like give an update about what I'm going through and how I'm navigating grad school and providing like tricks and strategies for other people.
0: So then when you post a new episode, I'm sure you look back at some of the earlier ones, you can see the titles there. Like what has been the evolution that you've seen in yourself from the time you started to now?
1: Sure. Um, I feel like there are some things I'm still figuring out that were frustrating me then that are still frustrating me now. Um, But like the titles at first, I was trying to do this like week by week, like week one, week two, week three (laughs) um, for the podcast. But for a second, their school got so crazy that I didn't have an episode for like three weeks. I'm much more consistent now, but it was just kind of looking crazy. And so I had to like reformat how I was having episodes and If I go back to like some of my minor show notes, it's like first person, then it's like third person and it's all over the place. So there's definitely some pieces I'm still organizing, but so far I've found um, podcasting to be really fulfilling and something I really enjoy. How are you feeling about it?
0: Oh, yeah, it's been interesting. I mean, we are, I guess I'm still always surprised when people listen. I don't know if you feel the same way uh, as well. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, you actually heard that, but then you're and you're not my mother, uh, right. so it's always it's always exciting to, to hear that. I was going to ask you actually, because you have a lot of episodes that are up. Were there any that you got more feedback on than others? That people reach out to you at certain points at the beginning or the middle or lately? Like, what kind of traction have you seen?
1: Yeah, so it's been like a a, a decent trickle. So there are a couple of people that I've been able to meet through the podcast, which has been really exciting um and like I now <laughs> calling my friends like that you're my friend now I've taken- <laughs> um but a lot of it has been just like a lot of different situations that people are just curious about and wanting their questions answered about like maybe working and going to grad school or um having a family or wanting to run a business um and all these just kind of different variations of how you experience grad school so I haven't had anything consistent yet, but um, I've actually got some encouragement. It's like one episode I was, I had had a really terrible week, like just terrible. And I just was trying to do my best to be transparent about it. And someone like emailed me and like sent me all this encouraging information. <laughs> nice. You know, it was just really cool. So I, I've loved it so far. Um, and like I said, I've made some pretty cool connections. Um, so I'm grateful.
0: And are there any administrators at Carnegie Mellon who know this exists and are following along with it? I feel like it'd be really valuable for them to know your experience so that they can, first of all, make your experience great, but then also lay the foundation for for future people of color in a very specific field like you're in to have a lot of the the challenges that you are going through not be there. Do you have any sense that people are paying attention that way?
1: Yeah. um, I'll admit I'm keeping it a little low key on that side.
0: Okay. (laughs) Okay.
1: Only because, you know, one, you don't want to, I don't have to, um, feel like I have to be kind of, um, careful, mincing my words about my experience. Um, and also like I'm a first year student, so <laughs> I'm supposed to be, you know, research, homework, and like sleep. So this mm. is like my, this is my hobby. Um, but I don't think it's on anyone's radar, and I, I'd like to keep it that way at least until I'm done with my uh, comprehensive exams next year.
0: That's smart. Okay. Well, fortunately, you're on a a not on many people's radar with the Zag podcast too, so we'll both kind of lay low. That'll be the that'll be the plan. Um, listen, when we come back, I want to ask you more about uh, some of the work you're doing and talk about graduate school in general. Thanks for listening to Zag. We'll be right back. I think what was interesting when you when you reached out and I was excited to talk to you. So I I worked for a group of charter schools for for many years with uh Kip Los Angeles. And so one of the phrases and philosophies that we followed was we wanted to get kids to and through college. Right. So getting the two parts important, but definitely getting the through part and graduating is important too. But I think what that often leaves out is yeah, post Secondary education stuff, graduate school, PhD programs, and a lot of the the, the students that KIPP serves, uh, I don't think consider those options either. Uh, if you had to like advise a, a charter network like KIPP or a school district, uh, how would you want them to set kids up so that they can see actually the full long path beyond just getting to and through uh, K through sixteen?
1: Yeah, that is such a, a good question that <laughs> um, I don't know if I've thought heavily about because it just. Even in my mind, grad school seems like such a it's a really long time when you're talking about like a middle school age student. but I guess in high school, you can start the conversation, especially um when people say they have these particular career aspirations, like discussing what other degrees it takes to like get to that position like I realized I liked research but had no idea what a professional career in research was or looked like. And so someone's like, yeah, you get a PhD and that's how you research. But I was like a junior in college. And so maybe just like stopping and letting people know one, like I think we need to maybe expand on the amount of options that we present to our students. I think sometimes there's like, like, well, I'm from Detroit. So like engineering was like a really big deal. Um, like, cause everyone, you know, with the big three being there, But I didn't really know what else I did with engineering but the big three. Like, that was all that we were ever exposed to. So had I known I could do research, then maybe that conversation could have happened earlier and I'd be um, a little bit more open to it. And I'd just say having students around grad students is also just a really great kind of natural introduction. And they can explain why they're in grad school, um, which was some of my experience was like meeting graduate students, not knowing really what that meant, but just like knowing what it was and knowing the word, I guess, like the phrase like, oh, OK, grad student. Yeah, that seems normal because you're doing it and you look like me and you live in Detroit. So I think just having those people around, it just didn't really seem like. of even though I didn't know about it and it wasn't completely in my radar. It was just like okay, like as when someone told me like you go to grad school, I was like okay, you know, like I wasn't overwhelmed with like a what how huh what is that? I just was like okay, so I've heard of that. I know someone who's done that before. Um Yeah. yeah
0: it makes sense cuz I think of like the traditional career days you might see at a middle school or a high school and the folks that show up there are typically already in the profession, right? You'd see the engineer when they're finished that's working at NASA or you would see the police person doing detective work or friends of work, but they're already doing that. Yeah. It's rare you would see, I'm a PhD grad student in year two. Uh, I'm really tired. Cause I read all the time. I'm in the library. Like you don't necessarily see that example. You're only seeing the end product. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's a good point. If there was some sort of model or mentor that, that folks could see, it makes a big difference. Let me ask you, cause I feel like something that would bubble up frequently and maybe even more frequently Uh, in the last couple of years, as as college debt is such a real thing, um, a conversation about how vital it is for schools or school districts or teachers to encourage kids to go to college or consider that as the only option. And there's such an emphasis on getting to and through. But sometimes, as the kind of argument goes, it can be at the detriment of longer term financial stability, because you're taking on so much debt. As somebody who is continuing to go to school, and I'm sure there's some financial realities for you that are on top of mind, like, how do you See that debate going. How would you uh, like enter that ar- argument? Whether kids should consider definitely going to college or consider other options.
1: I, I mean, I actually completely agree. I think that we emphasize one type of education um, way too much. Like, I think that it's there are a lot of different ways to be successful, and it looks a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. So, I, I definitely agree that maybe not everyone should be trying to do the four-year college situation if it's, you know, not necessarily going to serve them best. But, you know, I think leaving again, just like leaving all those options and laying them out and letting people choose and educating them on them, I think is really the important part. Cause it's not. I was going
0: to ask like, how do you, how do you thread the needle of keeping high expectations, but then also giving folks a variety of options? Cause yeah, I feel like you could easily see folks steering kids and, in directions that aren't finishing college because it's just quote unquote too hard or it would be really challenging, but maybe those kids would be as successful. Just need that extra push. It seems like a hard line to walk between high expectations, but then also being realistic.
1: Yeah, but I, I completely agree. Actually. <laughs> I'm like, I, that is a really hard question, you know, to answer um, kind of like succinctly, like there are so many different conditions and, you know, I think that you have to really, I don't just know the student and be able to also encourage them. But I think, right, like keeping your motive, your motivations out of it, I think is really where sometimes we make mistakes. Like you should be going to college or you have to because you're X, Y and Z or you shouldn't because you're X, Y and Z. Like mm-hmm. just let's let's let all the options be on the table and then ask questions around it, you know, to let them make their reflect on the decision that's best for them. Cause you can always go back to school too. I think that's the thing that we kind of like forget. Like you can go get a college degree or a graduate degree, you know, anytime. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Go work, come back. That's a good point. Yeah. It was the last couple of things I wanted to ask you about the virtual summit that you're planning. Um, Give me the, give me the scoop on that.
1: Yeah. So, um, with this, like the then grad school, I really found that, um, there are just like social skills that sometimes students of color don't have when going to graduate school. It's like a different experience about graduate school, um, especially like through the lens of a person of color. So I want to give some of those softer skills. And like, there's a lot of things that I found out I didn't know about graduate school, like how to navigate socially, like going to talks and going to the coffee meetings and signing up to volunteer, just like those little things that you don't think are a big deal, but in the world of academia and wanting to maintain be, be a part of academia, you have to do, but you won't know to do if no one tells you. And so wanting to, um, like I said, equip incoming students with that information and also giving them like some summer reading, some summer something to do, because while the summer before you should have fun, but like you want to come in on your A game, because I feel like grad school moves like a thousand times faster than undergrad. Um, And especially someone like me, I took three years off. And so I was really rusty coming back into school. And my advisor was like, yeah, you know, enjoy the summer. I wish I was like doing R like once a week or something, you know, just to kind of brush up on my skills so I didn't feel so rusty. And I'm still, you know, trying to manage everything else. So that's the idea behind the summit. is just like being grad school ready um and just like feeling really confident about going and having, again, like those skill sets to deal with like microaggressions and um, those things that just unfortunately may come up. But you want to be equipped with what to do and how to handle it versus just being or reacting, just having to react.
0: Nice. And it's in the planning phase now. When do you hope to have it go live or have people participate?
1: Yeah. So I'm still planning um, and trying to like get some more speakers organized around it. But I'm hoping to do it like in the mid-May before Memorial Day and maybe one more right before school starts, depending on how it goes.
0: Nice. We'll keep us posted. We're happy to promote. And since we're talking about promotion, give us one more plug for your podcast so we can get some cross promotion going here.
1: Yeah. So it is um, Black and in grad school. That's BLK plus sign in grad school. Um, You can find me on Twitter, BLK in grad school. And um, yeah.
0: Nice. Well, this was fun. I'm glad we got to meet this way. I hope to see you at convention. Um, if you're able to swing down to Houston, if not, next time I'm in Pittsburgh and looking to hang out, hopefully by then you'll be a better tour guide than it sounds like you are hopefully. so far. You can, you can show me the good stuff.
1: Yeah, for sure. Sounds like a plan. Thanks again for having
0: me. Of course. And thanks for everyone for listening. You can download past episodes in the iTunes store and Google Play store as well. Load up on podcasts. There's all sorts of good stuff out there in the world. Thanks for listening to The Zag. We'll have some more episodes coming soon so stay tuned